At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 253. My name's Turner Sparks. And I'm Mike Kaplan. You can find me in Alameda, California at the Alameda Comedy Club. This, uh, let's see when it would be. December 3rd and 4th. I don't know if that's this weekend or next. That's next weekend. Next December weekend. Look at the calendar. And 4th. Um, I will be there. It's the last dates of the year for me on the road. So you got to come out to see the 2021 Double Happiness Tour. I'm going to be finale. recording it in early next year. I'll, I'll have an announcement next week for when I'm recording this oh, hour. Yeah. But uh, yes, you can find me there. You can find me at turnersparks.com for all my 2022 dates. They're going up now. Also, Kaplan, you can find him on all social media platforms at Cap in America, K-A-P, Cap in America. Uh, Find me on Instagram at Turner Sparks. On the show today, Kaplan, um, we're going to be talking about Libya in a few minutes. We have comedian Mm. Mohanad El-Shiki joining us, and he'll be here in a couple minutes Tell us all about Libya. He's from Libya. He now lives in the United States. Has a wild story. Yes, this is a good I'm, gonna, one. I'm excited to get into. But before that, Kaplan, if you want to support this show the way you do it, how do you do it? You tell the people. How do you do it? You come over to my house and you hand me some money. Because I need, I'm step broke. Number one. Step number one. But if you don't want to come over, you're afraid of COVID, <laughs> you know, or you want to support Turner too, because he does like all the work. Patreon, you go to our Patreon, so patreon.com uh, slash lost in America. For five dollars a month, what do you get? You get three episodes a week. Of, three uh, episodes full, of you and I, three bonus minute full throttle comedy yeah. podcast, straight comedy, just us. On this show, we learn about the world. On live from the bunker, our Patreon show, the That's world the learns about us. And let me tell you, this just a teaser. Uh, they shut Ruby Kaplan School down again, so I am all fired up. I'm remote teaching today. It's a back to 2020. Oh, are yeah, you? flashback. Yeah, I got to leave at one point to put her on a Zoom. So I'm really all kinds of angry. It's going to be a good bunker this week. So make sure to listen. Subscribe. And I heard Teddy Kaplan, your son, got lost again at a turkey trot. So he was <laughs> lost in America, which happens about <laughs> he, he quite literally lost in America. There's people all over, volunteers showing you the way to go. And he somehow ran through them. He was running so fast, so focused. So we're going to get into that, too. Got, at any point possible, this kid gets lost. Any chance yeah, he's, he gets. He, it's because of the show. He wants to get mentioned. He wants to get mentioned more he than He got lost on Halloween one time <laughs> in a mask on. running through New York City. <laughs> he got lost at a birthday party. He's, he's got five. a farm. He's got lost. It's like the fourth time though, since we've been doing the pod. So, yeah. Patreon.com slash lost in America for $20 a month. For five bucks a month, you get the show. For 20 bucks a month, you get your own ad once a month on this show. Whatever you want us to say. We and can be Sugar bought. Brady is back again. 
So we will give you will hear his ad at the 30 minute mark of this episode. Um, don't skip ahead, though. Don't just listen to it for the ads. <laughs> people who skip to the ads. This isn't the Super Bowl. OK, <laughs> these idiots, by the way, remember these idiots were like, I watched the Super Bowl for the ads. And they yeah. say that like that makes them smarter. There was like, a if there's period anyone, time where yeah. the only people on Earth who are dumber than football fans are people who are com- fans of commercials. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're a madman, you know, if you're really into the art, so. We, 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 we're we're going to give you a good ad today, though, Sugar Brady, so don't worry. $20 a month, you get the ad. $10 a month, you get a T-shirt. We went to number one in Armenia. We printed shirts. We printed mugs. Just go to patreon.com slash lost in America yeah. for gosh sakes. All right, Kaplan, we're talking about Libya today. Uh, yeah. So I didn't know a lot about Libya before we started researching this. And I, and, and I knew who Gaddafi was. You know, oh, yeah. I remember the harem. Gaddafi's a whole an old enemy of mine because he once bombed the Lockerbie bombing Pan Am 103 was it Sy- 35 Syracuse students you know went down on that plane back in so I've always that's the one guy I knew about as a kid my parents went to Syracuse because He's you been, were a fan of Syracuse I, yeah, so, yeah everything's personal all things oh, are personal you're a one issue voter I'm a one issue voter if you bomb if you kill Syracuse students I were, you're an enemy for life of me so I've always he's always been on my radar so yeah well then, I knew him about him because the because the ladies you know he liked the women and he had fancy suits and he was a nutcase. <laughs> yeah. And was then I nut. remember he got like, I think they like ripped, they tore him apart in the streets in uh, 2011 when he finally went down. So he was there was, the there was no trial, no trial or anything. Yeah. <laughs> he was the dictator for, I don't know, 45 years, something like this. 50, somewhere in that range. And then in 2011, he died, went down. And then that's kind of the last I heard about Libya. And then it turns out you know, things keep going even when we stop paying attention. <laughs> we thought it was solved. We always think that in the Middle East and in North Africa, other parts of the world, basically, whenever the dictator goes down, democracy rises. We don't have to, we wash our hands of it. It's we over. Leave. We, we say leave. job we done. Job done. Well done, America. And then, up. Mission accomplished. And, and uh, then again. we come across Mohammed's story a few days ago and I went, whoa, wait, what? Stuff still happened there? Stuff still happening. So, yeah. Well, uh, Mohammed El Shiki, uh, stand up comedian. And uh, but uh, was a radio host in in Benghazi, a political comedy radio host in Benghazi, left the country. I don't know, fled the country. We'll get into that in a second, but left the country in 2014. Now in New York City doing stand up comedy. You've seen him on Conan. This guy's having a great career. Conan tours, tours the country doing comedy. Uh, welcome to the show. Mahaned, what did we get wrong? What did we get right in that quick synopsis? Hey, yeah. all right. No, you, you guys, you guys are great. Uh, you you killed it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That. I mean, the only, yeah, the only thing I think uh, Gaddafi was president for forty-two years, and you got so close. All right. What do we say? Forty-five to yeah. fifty. We're off by a couple you, of years. You, <laughs> oh, I didn't even. You nailed it. I mean. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. After forty-two, you know, like what's what's forty-five? Yeah. yeah what is dictator for life? Is it do we forty? I think forty-two counts. Forty-five. Yeah, it's all life. Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't after? Yeah. After like I don't know forty, you just stop counting. You're just like whatever, <laughs> man. Fifty. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so you were born in um, is uh, Benghazi? Yeah. 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 Okay. I was I was born and raised there. Yeah. City. That I'm sure no one has ever heard any bad things about. <laughs> I was going to say all Americans know. It's one of the only cities in the world Americans know, I think. Benghazi. Yeah, <laughs> I, guess, I guess. We're famous for the food or something. I can't tell why. It's one of those things <laughs> that where people mention it in America, they, I don't even think they know they're talking about a city. They say, right. oh, no. hey, do you remember Benghazi? And oh. that means a specific thing that happened in an embassy there. That doesn't mean a place. When I, when I, I used to live in Absolutely. China for a long time, and people will say, do you remember 
like Tiananmen Square. Well, Tiananmen Square is just a square in the middle of a city. So I'm like, <laughs> well, you remember it. It's still there. I don't know what you're talking about. But I feel like Benghazi has the same thing with Americans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember like this, there was this dude who every now and then would tweet, Benghazi will not go away, just like the case. And I'm like, I mean, literally, hopefully, like, hopefully not, man. My family's there. I don't know if that would be... <laughs> That would be awkward, but yeah. Hillary Clinton's working on it. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you, so you grow up there, and you grow up under, uh, I, I guess, when Gaddafi. But in 2011, Gaddafi's gone. Um, yeah. But I want to, I want to start here. I want to start with you. In I don't know what year it was, 2000, maybe 12, 13, 14. Gaddafi's gone. Now the country's yeah. kind of in chaos. They're trying to figure out who the leader is, and you host a political comedy radio show. Yeah, well, see, so, yeah, I hosted the radio show, but that was still with Gaddafi was alive, you know? Uh, yes. So uh, that was like, because I, I started like in, I remember like May of 2011. So, you know, like I, I had those five months, he was still there, we're still talking about him. Uh, and then uh, I hosted maybe like a month or two after he died. And then, you know, we, we, we stopped. But yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, we were talking about the things as they were progressing and the, the main reason we did it was, you know, we felt like the, the coverage that we saw in the news was not, it's not that it wasn't fair. It wasn't really the full picture. So we were like, okay, we'll do this with streaming online. Uh, and if we, if anyone is interested in they like, you know, following up on the news in Libya and they want to like, even like tune in to like a Skype or something and talk to us, they can do that. It was funny, you know, like we streamed in city people, yeah, people listened to it, people abroad listened to it as well, uh, you know, and it it came with the good and the bad. A lot of people liked it, you know, it's, it was something new. We did it fully in English as well, which is um, not something that people did uh, back then. Uh, and we, you know, we just talked about whatever the fuck we wanted to talk about, like really free form. It was a, a podcast mostly, you know, like you can just say uh, whatever you want. There are no rules. And there was no uh, government. Overreach over, yeah. They exactly. allowed you to say what there you want. Nothing. Wow, you can say whatever you want. Uh, and then you you have other people who did not like it. Obviously, you know they're just like they're like shut the fuck up. Like don't, <laughs> where you're not supposed to say these things. And you know you have people who are like still loyal to the to the government and people who are just uh, felt like some of the topics we were talking about like were like uncomfortable because we're talking about like what the. Uh, the image of the like what's the country's going to be like in the future like the constitution are we going to be like you know uh, still like following what we had before like we're going to change it uh and you know eventually we 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 uh we started getting a lot of death threats and stuff uh which was as a 20 years old to be honest it was a lot of fun because uh, you're like oh wow people are people are listening <laughs> yeah. they're, they're paying attention any press is good excited. press Exactly. We were so excited. You know, like people were just like this, like even people were just upset uh, about like stuff we were saying. Like everything was so exciting back then. I mean, I'm looking back at it now and I see how stupid it is, but you know. So you didn't feel, so you took over the, you started doing it the last few months of Gaddafi. Uh, Gaddafi, could you already tell that he was done? Like you weren't scared of him and his regime? I think we were at a point of no return, you know, it was just like, it's, it's already fucked, you know, like if he takes over, we're, 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 we're fucked. It's done. 
So let's just get the best of it uh, while we have it. Because, you know, it was, we still weren't sure. Cause like, uh, like he was still alive. He still had his military. He still, and there was like no end in sight. And there was like a lot of rumors. Like he fled the country. He's, he's dead. He's, he's hiding there. He's like making a, and we were like also worried, like maybe what if we, he reached some kind of deal with, uh, you know, the U S or like whatever countries in the West and they let him stay in exchange of whatever. And if that happens, we're still going to be fucked, you know, like they're not going to like pay attention to what he's doing in Libya. Uh, so we just, we just went at it. We're just like, fuck it. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. When you say, when you talk about we, you mean you, like you and the other guys, at the radio station or you as a country? I think, Especially the people who lived in in Benghazi, because like Benghazi is where the uh, where the whole thing started. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, the, the, the whole revolution thing started. Start, yeah, started in Benghazi. Yes, and then it's just like you know, it spread across the country. So, uh, and there were times where you know, uh, I remember in in March of of uh, 2011. Uh, you know, like Gaddafi sent his whole, like, like this whole, like, military parade to Benghazi, and like basically the order was just like to wipe the whole city out. Oh, this is the Arab uh, Spring we're talking about, right? Exactly. Yes, yes. I remember now. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. I'm behind. <laughs> you were in China yeah, then, no, so you weren't getting. Yeah. It, yeah there was no Arab okay. Spring in China. <laughs> tell you that much. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I could tell you that is when they cut off all. They disabled uh, Facebook, Twitter, like all social media disappeared in China because of because of you guys, because they said this oh, might well, happen next, so they just cut it. it dis- well, it disappeared in Libya too, because like the internet that we were using, you know, like with satellite and stuff, like but the connection, regular connection at home and stuff, there was no internet for like eight months maybe. Uh, so we had to find some other way to stream. Uh, which, to be honest, was the worst part about this whole thing, having no internet, uh, you know? I mean, yeah, the yeah, other nobody, were, a younger people yeah. could never live. I couldn't survive. I would give in immediately. Yeah. I'd be like, Gaddafi, dictator <laughs> for life. I, I'm fine with it. I can't. Yeah, just, I can't just, back just, on yeah, just give me my social media back. I need to post. <laughs> I need to make content. Yeah. <laughs> the boomers yeah. would be fine, but we would have a rough time. No, they need their exactly. Facebook, the boomers. They can't. I guess they, Facebook specifically. <laughs> I don't know. My mom would still spend half her day at the post office. And, oh, okay. You know, Mailing packages, like going to the bank and talking to those people, you know, exactly. Life life would go on, but for us, it'd be over. Yeah. So, what did you guys use? So, when they shut out the internet for uh, eight months, because I guess it was from what I remember now, it was Twitter, wasn't that? People were starting to use Twitter to communicate, and that was new at the time. Previously, people were just like, "I took a dump," and like that was their tweet, you know. (laughs) And you guys were like. No, we're going to meet at this square at this time to do this thing. Yeah. It was mostly Facebook at the time. You know, uh, there were like these pages that people used and they used them like, you know, just like mostly like anonymous. Uh, and they post, you know, like, hey, like we're going to be meeting in front of like the uh, like the courtyard or something. And that's where would, people would go and meet. And I think that was like Gaddafi's downfall, basically, because like you cannot really control like social media that way was like something new still. And even if you, you know, you, you shut it down in Libya, you use VPN or whatever and get into it. So it's, and people can be anonymous. 
you can't really track them. It's not like people are making phone calls and stuff like that where you can just like know who's saying what. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like it, like it went so quick. Like it literally, I remember like the first day I saw it with the news. Like I was like, I was just like, you know, just home. I was like studying for a test or something. And there you see some something on the news, just like people like protesting and stuff. And you're like, eh, probably going to like, not going to go the way they think it would go. You know, just like it, it happened before and it just, it's, it's gone in a day. And then the next day it kept going. And then the third day I was like, I, I want to go and check and see for myself what's happening. And there were like tons of people and it was just insane. Like I've never witnessed anything like it. Uh, you know, like people are just like, like, you know, just uh, saying whatever they want about Gaddafi. Cause that's not, not something that we did in the past. You just, you know, you hate him, but you hate him between you and yourself. You just, don't say it out loud. And then, you know, a week in, it was just, it was insane. Like, cause like, I remember like the military took over Benghazi in a week. Like, cause like the military, like some of them, they split from Gaddafi and they took over the city. Uh, so you were like, okay, I guess we're, we're fine. You know, wow. like we, we, t- like we took control, like they took control over all, like all over the government, government buildings. Uh, all of the military bases were like, you know, that Gaddafi controls like were breaking into. There were like there were like people inside. Uh, so for a while, like okay, we were fine. But then you you know you forget like how much you know he had like military wise. Uh, so part of the military th- split yeah. off, but part of them yes, stayed with they him. Did. Yeah, because I think what happened was you know the military always like supported him and stuff, uh, but then he literally like you know started like killing people in the street yeah and some of the people in the military i'm like well these are like friends and family and people mm-hmm. i know i don't I, i'm not gonna do that uh so eventually they're like okay this is too much we're not gonna participate in this and they you know split off and but the people who were like you know maybe like in the western side of the country where gaddafi lived they were like very loyal to him they were like whatever you say we're going to do and we just keep going go and get it. Uh, and that kept going for like, I think a, a month or two, which just like, kind of like, you know, like our military versus their military and stuff like that. And eventually there was like a, the NATO intervention and that's when things, you know, changed. Cause like you have, now you have more power on your side versus their side. NATO came in and in, in, for the opposition, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and that's when I like when I was mentioning it. Like I was like he said his military parade to you know just like take over the city. That's when the NATO intervened because that day we're just you know we're just in the city. It was like I don't know what's gonna happen. This this be this might be the final day, whatever that means. Uh, and then you know like NATO had like literally intervened like last minute, and they were like, okay, I guess we're we're fine for now. We'll see how wow. this goes. And what yeah, you guys are just broadcasting this whole time. What happens with the basics, like light <laughs> and like like you know electricity and water and all that stuff? Like the government, I guess, just continues functioning even though no one's really in charge. Well, yeah, I mean these these things were like taking taking care of because you know uh, most of it you know was in the eastern side of the country. So once the military took over, uh, they just you know kept that going. Yeah. But the internet, the internet, most of that was where Gaddafi lived, so they could cut that out. So we could not really restore that. So, but with satellite and stuff like that, you can you know you can still 
you can still use it, but you cannot use it at home, basically. Okay, so you're doing this like radio-free Libya, essentially. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then is this yeah. a comedy? This is a comedy show, or comedic? I mean, it's well, it. I mean, it had to be because me and my friends were just you know we're just making jokes and stuff like that. So it's yeah. not really it's 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 news politics, but you know we're mo- mostly having fun uh just talking about whatever we want and there was like a, again like no format we just you know yeah. we just made was anybody jokes in and- charge or was there like like who was above you on that what's the- and the- at the ra- well the, i mean the guy who basically started the radio station this okay. is like almost uh, sounds like a twitch channel right he was like cool with this i'm yeah, trying to say yeah exactly yeah he he was he was fine he did not like gaddafi he hated him so he was like he was like you guys go at it i don't care do whatever you want uh and we we did and what's your family telling you at this point? They're like, hey, maybe don't do this, or they don't care? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I so I'm the oldest in in, uh, in, uh, in my family, and they never really cared <laughs> what I was doing, you know, just like you. And I, I really did not, at the time, I did not tell them about anything. You know, okay. like I was, yeah, yeah so I, I get that right. I don't tell them. I'm like, I, uh, I just go home. I'm just like, how's your day? Look bad. My name's it's been great. Everything is fine. <laughs> Couple death threats. No big deal. You tell yeah, them you're exactly. a dentist, okay. or do you tell them what you do? No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then at some point, did your radio station get burned down? So yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, after Gaddafi was taken down and everything, we uh, we were like, okay, we're gonna move to. We were gonna move to a new location, like a like a better radio station and everything. And we we kind of like started like you know the the guy who owned it like started like rebuilding it basically in another building. And then literally, I remember one day, you know, I was like, okay, man, let me know when you know when we're back, when when the station is ready, so we can you know get back into action. And then I literally was just like on the uh, uh, radio station Facebook page. And I, I saw a post like, "Hey guys, uh, we're gonna be late into doing this." Uh, the radio station was burned down, and I was like, "I feel like something you could have called me and told me about." <laughs> just put Posting on, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. And, and then I was like, uh, "You know," and, and they weren't like. Obviously, I feel like it was you know was the the people who were like sending us threats the whole time. But at the time, I was like, "You know what, man? I think I'm good at this point." Uh, you do your radio show. I was like, I am not. Yeah. I, I was like, I feel like I, this is too much now. Uh, I have a job to go back to. I have a, I'm in college now, and uh, we had fun. <laughs> we had a good run. We had fun. So these were people, canceled, uh, yeah, basically. with the, the death threats were coming. Exactly. The death threats were coming from like uh, Gaddafi supporters or like uh, who Islamists or yeah. I mean, it was, I would say it was both really, you know, cause like, uh, at first it was fine. Cause like we were getting it, we were getting them on the, uh, like the radio station, uh, like cell phone. So, you know, I was like, we have the number out. It could be anyone really. It could be trolls. Who knows? But then I started getting them on my personal phone and I was like, okay, well, I am not, I'm not a big fan of that now. This, this, uh, they found death death I, I don't want yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they got my my phone number, but you know, and, it, and it's it's you know, and and at first you're like you don't take it seriously, you know, you're like whatever, like people are just like say shit just to scare you, and then and then you start seeing people like you know like 
2012 and 2013, like, who were, like, activists and journalists, like, being, like, assassinated and all of that. And you're like, well, this shit is real now. I, I am not, and I'm not really into it. Uh, and you start getting scared, but, like, at the same time, like, what else is are you going to do? There's literally nothing. Like, what, are you going to leave the country? Like, you can't really... Uh, no one, like no one was giving uh, visas to Libyans, yeah. you know? Uh, but, so you're like, well, yeah. Yeah, so you have no choice. I mean, I guess the choice is to stop. Um, I don't know. To, I, I think it's very easy for people to like in America to look at other countries and be like, why don't you do more? But like the, the answer, why not? Is <laughs> yeah. because you'll get killed. <laughs> but here we won. You know, the free yeah. speech argument in America doesn't have any... People are like I got canceled. It's like I don't know. You're still alive, man. Like there's there's no <laughs> death. You know what I mean? There's no real consequences here. For speech. yeah, dude. I yeah. Whenever I honestly, whenever I hear people talking about like being canceled and all of that, I'm just like, man, this is cute. Yeah, you've had death like, threats. We haven't got yeah, any death threats like, yet, have we, Turner? You had a station bombed. I mean, I've been. I got. I got banned from doing comedy for six months when I was living in China, uh, by the government. <laughs> <laughs> but well see no no exactly like shit like this you know it's just like it's just like something you know like some people some people like being mad at you on social media that's yeah. not being canceled that's just that's whatever man and so uh, then the, the, the act of being a hero is not as big either here because you're like i don't care i'm gonna say what i want because i i don't care what the consequences are but the consequences are never death but in another country, when the consequences yeah. are death, then that's courage. It, you do yeah. have to think a little harder about like, well, do I really want to do this, or can I just go back? Exactly, to Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is, is like sometimes like you can't even you can't even take it back. You know, like you've done what you've done, yeah. And you're a target no matter what. Uh, like I've I've had my car like like shot at in the past. Really, I lived in Libya. Yeah. And you're just like, Jesus. Okay, I guess I'm just gonna go home and fix the glass and just. Uh, uh, just hope that this uh, this doesn't happen again. And is this uh, is that because of, did you have a platform beyond this radio station? Like, the, did people know you, or, or was this all because the radio stuff? Well, it, it was after the radio stuff. I was like very active on like social media and stuff because like okay. there was a period of time between Gaddafi's death and like maybe like I would say like eight months or so where everything seemed fine. You know, people were like there were like elections being planned. Every, like people are just like working together. We were just like we're. I think we're 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 in a safe zone. So you you start to get comfortable. You start saying whatever you want to say. Uh, and then out of the blue, just like everything changed. You know, like you have like these like because like while we were busy like doing this whole revolution thing, there were like people who were just like thinking about what will happen after. So they were like you know kind of like in the dark making like having these meetings sure. and like collecting collecting the weapons and stuff like that and then out of nowhere they just came out and were like we're in charge now and I'm like well okay they wow. don't see that coming uh, and these are and the then, yeah. sorry go ahead yeah the, and and these are like you know like these like uh, like extremist militias and they uh, you know, and they're like, they fall under like Al-Qaeda and ISIS and they have different names and different like labels and stuff like that. And the thing is like for someone like me, you're like, uh, you're a target because like you, you don't want to take sides because like at that time, every side was bad. Uh, you know, like the, these militias are bad, obviously. 
you have the military, but like, what is the military? You know, they're they're not really. They don't have like really much power. They also also have their like kind of like small gangs in, in as well. So you're like, I'm with the people, but like, you know, but that that doesn't cut it. Like, you have to take, you have to choose a side. And you know, I I also was very active on social media and all of that, and I worked like for like few newspapers and stuff that came out back then. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've worked multiple jobs where I did translation and I worked with like, uh, a lot of journalists who came to Libya back then and, and all of that. So that kind of like put you in like in the spotlight. Cause like you're working with these people, you have these connections, uh, who do you actually work for? And you, you were like, with, are you, were you talking about like CNN, BBC, you worked with Western media, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like a lot, a lot of the people back then in Libya, like they didn't really like speak English fluently. And I was like, you know, I was like one of the few people who did. So you have, you have people who are just like, uh, I need someone to do some translation work Would you, I have this interview while you come with me and like, you know, do some translation. Sometimes you take them to the front lines, uh, uh, and all of that stuff. And you have a lot of also like, you know, some journalists who are just like freelance, you know, just like, you know, uh, they just come in, you know, write the story and then sell it somewhere else. And you, uh, and these are, are these are kind of like the insane ones because they uh, put you in, in so much trouble because you're like, hey, God, hey, dude, like we're being asked to not cross this line here because once we cross it, we are in literally the war zone and they do. And I'm like, bro, this is not worth it and for me. And do you go with them? <laughs> you have to. They're badass journalists. They got to do it. And... Well, because they're trying to sell a story. They're right. more desperate they're... than the CNN people. They're... CNN already has a job if you're at CNN. Exactly. And yeah. the interpreter. Yeah, yeah. They're... <laughs> yeah, they're trying to sell a story. And then, and the thing is, like, you know, you you don't want anything to happen to them. Because, like, if anything happens to them, then the media will not stop talking about this person forever. And, and I'm like, bro, I just don't want to take attention from what we're doing here yeah. and make it about you. Uh, so let's, let's, you know, so let's you keep, were let's... running into war zones to try to take out stringer journalists to like grab him by the collar and pull him back out. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, it was insane. You get back insane. over here. Okay, stay over the line. Right. Yeah. Did you guys kill, carry uh, guns and stuff while you were doing that? No, you, I mean, you're, Jeez. you're not fighting. Uh, you're just, you know, you get like these vests you're that you wear. Vests. Yeah. I mean, they don't do shit really. Yeah. Cause like, you're not, cause like, you're not get, getting shot at. You're getting, uh, you have these fucking like bombs and shit. Like, yeah. like that's not going to protect you. And no. you never know when it's going to come from. Cause like a lot of the shit that they've done, like Gaddafi's forces, they don't care. Like they just want to wipe out. So you have like, from like, like, 20 miles away they're just like throwing shit and just like seeing what hits jesus uh so the yeah, options it, it, are either yeah. side with gaddafi or like the the old government old or side yeah. with essentially isis or whatever these rebel groups are was it isis actually i mean they were a group under isis yeah uh but they just have so many different names and so many different labels they and i feel like them. some of them are just like they're just like maybe if we do really well they will let us join isis yeah, will let actually. us join they're like ISIS trying to get initiated like, ISIS light. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. ISIS yeah. K last year. That was a new one that came. Yeah, there's these right. new options. Oh, yeah. What happened to ISIS yeah. K? And they're always like way more dangerous than the original. Like ISIS, they'll interview ISIS and they'll be like, we, we, hey, we don't associate yeah. with them. We got they rules. Are they are cuckoo. <laughs> we got honor. Exactly. Yeah, we have code. We have code. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. These new guys, they got nothing going on upstairs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, uh, 
so you know, I mean, you work with these people, and then eventually, uh, you know, you put you, you put yourself in so much trouble because, like, what happens is like these people have countries to go back to, you know, where everything is fine. Yeah, and then they leave you back, and then and then you have to deal with all of that shit. Uh, and then eventually, you know, like there was a time where we like there were like no journalists coming in, there was no one coming in into Libya. It was just us with these groups again, just being like. Wait, I guess we're like stuck. You well, know? I've heard, I remember someone was saying during, obviously the thing that happened with Afghanistan a few months ago, that they said it's really scary now, but you know, when it was all on TV and on CNN and everything, mm. but they said it'll get, the scariest part is going to be when it's not on CNN. Yeah. When the cameras leave. Oh yeah. 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 And that's when it gets really bad. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, once it's not covered, these, you know, these guys can do whatever they want now. Cause everyone forget everyone outside of out of Libya forgets and moves on. And the British go back to their life and the Americans go back to their it's life. Not, it's not a story anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not a, there's nothing happening until, you know, until something more exciting happens. And then, cause like, even like, you know, like even at the, at the very beginning, uh, like, the West and like the U S and, and all of these people like, did not intervene until, people start taking videos and uploading them on social media yeah. and you know, like regular people started seeing them and seeing what's happening in Libya. And that's when they felt like they had to take action because this shit has been happening for 42 years before that. The U S knew that the, the rest sure. of the West knew that, but it wasn't on TV. It wasn't well documented. And they were like getting, getting their fair share of like oil and stuff like that. I think what lost it was were these videos and then Gaddafi going rogue. He was like, fuck you guys. I'll do whatever I want. And they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, because we'll he had made a yeah. quick history. He had, in 2001, I think, he opened Libya to the West and he said, you can come search us for weapons of mass destruction. He was getting so right. much heat. Yeah. After Iraq fell, getting, I think he... The country yeah, was he, getting he, strangleholded. strangleholded. Yeah. And so he said, all right, come on in. You guys can check us all out. And from that point on... It yeah. kind of was okay. He was kind of okay with the West. The right? same. The sanctions went away. Some of them, right? There used to be a lot of sanctions, and absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was there was so like a lot of sanctions and stuff like that. And then and then he gave them like for the bombing you were like the plane bombing you were talking about. He gave, a suspect, he gave them two people. Yeah, yeah. He gave them two people, which pretty sure they did not even do it. Yeah, but, but I was gonna say, did yeah. he order the hit? I mean, if you're gonna give, them... he did order the hit. Yeah. yeah, I think he paid their families, and they were just like, "You're gonna take the fall for this." Yeah, uh, Syracuse fans but, are gonna hit you forever, but yeah, no, brutal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. But I think I think really like what got him was like his ego got the best of him, you know. And also he was like surprised because like this has never happened to him before. Like forty two years, like no one has like dared to uh, yes. tell him what to do. I saw an interview then, with him, yeah, like two months before he actually before he was dragged into the streets. And it's, yeah. he's wearing sunglasses inside and he has like his crazy dashiki on or whatever he's wearing. <laughs> yeah. and, and they're like, do you think they're like the interviewer is like uh, all these people, you seem to not be very popular in your country right now. Are you scared? And he just starts laughing. He's like, ah, ha, 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 me scared. Never. The people love me. Everyone loves yeah. me. And then it's like smashed yeah. cut. two months later. They're just beating him up in the middle of the street. And I mean, I honestly think that he believed that, you know, because like the people around him were telling him that. Yes. And a lot of yes he thought, yeah, exactly. And uh, they would like show him like only the people who support him and that's it. And he's like, oh, yeah, everything else you're seeing, none of this is happening, actually. This is like, you know, like blown out of proportion. Yeah. Uh, most of these people are like, you know, crisis actors and like shit like that. Yeah. 
and we'll take care of it. We will take control over again and we'll be fine. And I really think he believed that because, again, he had a chance to leave the country. He was offered by like so many like other like countries in, in Africa that were just like, come here, we will protect you. You're fine. And he really believed that he's 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 gonna be fine and he's gonna take over. And I think a lot of people like were surprised when he was caught. Like I remember like when I watched him on TV, I was like, there's no fucking way it is him. Oh uh, you thought it was like a fake Did he have a lot of doubles like Saddam Hussein or not, not cause like well <laughs> cause like what we saw first was 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 not the video, it was a picture. And I was like, this doesn't look like him. Yes. Mm. Until until I saw the video and I was just like, holy shit, this is fucking insane. Cause like, you know, for the longest time you live, you live under someone like someone like this for like, you know, I was born into it. I, I only do, you know, him as a president and you get to a point, like, no matter like, like, no matter how silly that sounds, it's like you, you're like, this man is indestructible. Sure. Of course. Yeah. He will be there until he just like dies of like natural causes or whatever. And then someone, one of his sons will take over. This is, this is what's going to happen. And then you see him like this and you're like, you like, you still don't believe it. It's There's crazy. like no way. Like this is like, how, how do you, how do you go from this to this? It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't compute. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I want to get into what happened next. Uh, but before that, Kaplan, we got to pay the oh, bills here. Pay Sugar Brain <laughs> has another ad. So this is, we normally don't do this. We get, we're giving him two ads and two ads, uh, two weeks in a row. An mm. ad two weeks in a row. We this ruled is the last time, Sugar Brain, yeah. if you're listening. Let, this is the last time. And speaking of civil war, which we're going to get into in a minute, <laughs> Sugar Brady wants us to advertise. This is his paid ad for us, Mohanad. He's the Civil War 2021, otherwise known as Oregon State versus Oregon football. <laughs> the real know. Civil War. It is on. He wants everyone to watch it. He's a big fan of Oregon State. This is his ad. He's paid for us to just advertise this football game. He makes no money off this game. He just wants you to watch it. 1230 Pacific, 330 Eastern on ESPN this Saturday. This is his actual ad copy. This coming Saturday, as your turkey is digested, your wallet is contracting, and your TV is tuned to the Iron Bowl. Consider switching over to ESPN to watch Oregon State Beavers claim the Pac-12 North. Oh, the vaunted Pac-12 North from the University of Oregon Ducks in a brutal rivalry week matinee with the Ducks coming off a loss and the Beavs on a hot winning streak and upset at at Zune Stadium. I don't know where at Zune Stadium is, (laughs) but I've. One of the team stadiums. This would be an early highlight, he said. This is the longest ad in history, by the way. (laughs) This would be an early highlight for young head coach and former OSU quarterback Jonathan Smith. Is that a real name? Isn't it the guy who founded the Mormons? Every week is a tough week in the Pac-12. Go Beavs. There's no off weeks in the Pac-12, as he told us last week. I mean, he's got to, if you're going to give us for future, if you're going to give us sports things to watch, give us the point spread, give us the over under, give me a bet to make, give me some, not, you know, like, I don't even know what it's come on. It's the civil war, Kaplan. It's a civil war. I'm going to watch a game versus Corvallis. You kidding me? These two cities, they don't Uh, like each other. Yeah. It's like Tripoli versus Benghazi. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And now a word from your local sponsor. All right. We're back. Thank you so much, local sponsors. So now, uh, by the way, yeah. you went, you lived in. Well, we'll get into that. This is a great. This is actually a great segue. Great segue. Yeah. About Corvette, I mean, he's talking about the Civil War. He's talking about Oregon. So you moved um, 
Well, so then chaos is kind of ensuing post post Gaddafi. There's no real, yeah. As you said, no one's in charge. I think I read that in 2014 they decided to have elections. The elections happened, and then the two whoever won, like they, nobody agreed that they were they were real elections, and so then just kind of civil war yeah. broke out. Well, yeah, because basically they were like two governments, you know, a government in the east and government in the west, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, one was recognized by some countries, the other one was recognized by other countries, and it was just like, you know, no one was willing to give power. And technically, both of them were were elected. It was just one of them had like, you know, their term has ended, and they should have left. Uh, but they just, you know, they just kept going at it. Uh, that was the government in the East, or that was the... Uh, I, I honestly could not remember. Uh, they were just like, it got to a point where I was just like, bro, I, yeah. <laughs> you guys are confusing me right now. Yeah. Uh, you should have just settled on the football field. No. Exactly. Can you just have someone, wh- whoever? Yeah, whoever wants it the most, uh, yeah. just, just have at so it. So now Civil War breaks out, and then you, yeah. you got to Oregon, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I, well, first of all, I signed up to, uh, like, there was this, program uh like an exchange program sponsored by the department of state and the u.s embassy in libya i signed up to uh, and it was like basically you know like six weeks you go to the states you you know you take like you know you kind of like engage in like classes and like civic engagement stuff and and whatnot and they took people from all around like north africa and the middle east and all that were like active politically in their home countries and the plan was, you know, go spend the six weeks there, take a break from this whole shit, and then go, come back. Six weeks. Yeah, not very long. Yeah. Study yeah, abroad. That, and... Exactly. Not very long, but I was like, man, whatever, man. I just want to get yeah, I just sure. want to get out of here for a while. Uh, six weeks of not being shot at. Sounds funny. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. No death yeah. threats. Exactly. And then luckily, I, you know, I ended up in Oregon, not in Texas, because that would have been, you, you know, land in Oregon against the, the, they're advertising the, the Civil or- War. And you're like, oh, man, I got to get there in here. time for the football game. <laughs> <laughs> like, not again. <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I got here in like 2014. And then, you know, I was doing the program. Everything was fine. But like, and in my mind, I was like, okay, things will get better back home. You know, and it can't get any worse. But they just, you know, kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, uh, and like I said, you know, like I, I did a lot of work back home and stuff like that and being in the U S and like on a, like, a uh, department of state funded programs that were just like, this guy definitely works for the U S government, oh. you know, like he's definitely like an agent of like the U S and like uh, stuff like uh, that. We so made it more dangerous if you came back home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it got to a point where you like, I was getting like, Oh, so you did go back messages. home after six weeks. I did not. No, I oh, did not. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it got to a point where I was just like, I had my family and friends were just like, you know, like, man, just don't come back. Like, they were literally like people asking about you around here. Like, they even came to your house and, you know, uh, were asking about you and your family. Like, it's not, it's not going to go end up well, end well for you. And I was just like, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I literally only had a a carry on w- with me, and that's it. And I was like, you know, I I only planned for six weeks, and that's it. Like, I, what am I gonna do now? Uh, and then you know, by week five, I remember I went to, you know, I I told some people in the program, and I'm just like, you know, let's what what can we do? 
you know, and no one had an answer really because like the Department of State don't care. They just want you to go home. Uh, they're like, well, it's not our problem. Like we, we just got you here. We need to get you home. And then the rest is, uh, the rest is you. Uh, but the people who I worked with in, in, uh, in Portland State University, like I, you know, like I cultivated like a relationship with them. We became friends and stuff like that. And, you know, it's more personal for them. So they were like, we're, we're not going to send you home. We have to figure out something to do. And then eventually, you know, that's how I ended up applying for, uh, ended up applying for asylum, which did not even know what it meant before until like it was explained to me. Uh, and then I was like, and, and they basically what they said was like, this is your only option. You apply for asylum or you go home. Like cause your visa will expire and then there's, there's nothing we can do. So I applied before my visa expired. And then I was just like, okay, I guess I, I live here now. Uh, whatever that means. Crazy. Yeah. Was this a six week visa you had? Yeah. And so week five, you apply for asylum, but you're not going to get granted an asylum in one week. So what happens when your visa expires after the week? Well, once you, once you apply, then you're in the process of like asylum. So it doesn't, the, the visa doesn't matter anymore. Oh, it puts a wow. hold on it. Exactly. Yeah. Cause your status changed from like, from like, you know, um, an, ex- an exchange student to like a, an asylum applicant. So you were allowed to stay in until you do your interview with the, you know, with the asylum office and and all of that. And uh, I remember uh, they were, I asked and I was like, when, when do we get to do that? And they were like, can be anything from two weeks, two months, two years, who knows? Yeah. Hmm. And I was like, no, that seems like a fair timeline. That absolutely (laughs) makes sense to me. The longer, I guess the better, right? Because then you don't have to. I mean, it's bad but, news. The, yeah. but the thing is, if it's bad news, you will still have to go home. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. if, if after three years, you're like, go home. But so, and then can, so you, it wasn't, yeah. Can you that? work? Can you get a job during this time? Or what's like, you are you allowed to? Well, that's the other thing. So you can't get a job for the first eight months until you get your work permit. You cannot. Which means that for the first eight months, they're like, uh, you have money because we're not we're not gonna let you work. Yeah, because uh, you know asylum seekers are usually pretty loaded. So that makes a lot of sense. That exactly. <laughs> exactly. With the, Those wealthy yeah, ass I, asylum seekers. Yeah. I just burned into all of my savings basically for the first first eight months, and uh, you know, like some freelance work on the side and stuff like that to get like make some money and all of that. Uh, but then eventually I got it. But I wasn't. I didn't get my asylum approved until 2018. So it took four years. Wow. Wow. And basically you're living four years being like, well, I don't know if I'm going to stay here or not. We'll see how it shakes out. And also while you're applying for asylum, you can't leave. You can't go home and visit or go. You can't leave the country, right? You can't even leave the country. Yeah. You can't yeah, go exactly. on a vacation yeah. to the Bahamas while you're seeking asylum. <laughs> nope. Cancel that cruise. <laughs> exactly. Asylum <laughs> seat. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, you're stuck. Uh, so I was like, yeah, fuck so, it. I'll, I'll travel around the States. Who cares? But uh, You lived without internet for eight months earlier in your life, and you lived without being able to travel for four years. That's, God, you've really... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So then um, 2018, you get asylum, but can you... What, what, and what's your family doing this whole time? I mean, I guess they're still in Benghazi. They're, I mean, they moved from Benghazi to Tripoli. So, like, they moved to the capital eventually. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, there's, I mean, they're still there. They're, uh, but 
I wouldn't say life went back to normal. It went like no, normal to that people could go back to their jobs and stuff like that. But you're like, there's always like this risk yeah. uh, of just living there. And are they are they're safe? still being harassed about you? Or, yeah, are they safe or because of you? Well, that's why they left the city because they were just uh, they were getting harassed because of because of me. So they had to leave the city uh, to a new place. Uh, but you know, they kept it like you know, like they kept low key. They were just like, nah. My my family is like not really politically active or anything, so they just like kept out of trouble in in that way. But uh, but me, I'm just like. Uh, Cause like, uh, I, I just couldn't like try go anywhere. Like I can't go back to Libya, like any part of Libya because I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, on people minds for different reasons. And uh, what, and this could be like the, well, the government people or the religious, the Islam, like Islamic extremists could be anyone. Yeah. Everyone. Every, yeah. Cause nobody again, likes like, I, I, all sides. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. the one thing they, a lot of hate mail. A lot of hate, hate yeah. mail. Yeah. <laughs> they exactly, get together. Yeah, we, they bring the peace agreement. They're going to, Exactly, because again, I, I want still wouldn't take any sides because like you guys all suck. Like yeah. it's not, uh, and and if you don't take sides, they're like then you're on the you're on the other sure. side, and, yeah. and, and and so on. So I was you like, can't you say know, bad I, people on both sides. It doesn't work. It, exactly. <laughs> you can exactly. say good people on both sides. Good people. Exactly. <laughs> uh, wow. No, so then, so right. do you think that's like what conditions would have to change for you to at some point be able to go home, or do you think you just can never go back? Well, I mean, you know, there there needs to be a new government. There needs to be, and also like I, I cannot go because of my, you know, like the uh, conditions of my stay here. Ah. Uh, even if even when I can travel, I can only travel to other countries. I cannot travel to Libya until basically I become a citizen, which hopefully will happen in three four years from now. Then once you're a U.S. citizen, then you're like, what are they going to do? You know, yeah, they. But still, well, if they give you asylum, I, I guess you can't go back, right? Is that what it is? If you get asylum from one place, obviously you can't go back there. Yeah, the whole the point deal. of asylum is to not go back there. Yeah, I and I—it's it's not like I had any plans to go back. Like I don't know if I'll go back in the next few years until like until it's like actually like safe and it's just uh, not like there is there is someone in control and there is no one just going rogue, you know? Yeah. And then maybe I can like go and visit. But if that doesn't happen, then I'm just like, I can go and see my family in like some other place, you know, like I can meet them in Egypt. I can meet them in Turkey. I can meet them in any like third location. It doesn't have to be Libya. Yeah. It's crazy. I have a friend who, um, had to leave, uh, let's see, Egypt during the Arab spring and still hasn't been able to go back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Exactly. It's I mean, Egypt is the same conditions. Like the military is not, <laughs> it's a dictatorship all over again, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what is it like? So have your parents come here or can they come here to visit I, their family? It's, I think they can. They just don't want to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, they're like, because I mean, to my family, you know, like it's, even though it's not, the conditions are not good there, but that's something they're used to. They're like, they know how to navigate through. I'm like, we're fine. You just do you. We're good for now. Uh, if we need anything, we'll let you know. But other than that, we're, we're good. Yeah. And um, what are the conditions like with the government right now? Or is Well, now they're planning, they're planning There's elections. elections right? Yes. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think next, like so far, some, <laughs> Like a hundred people applied for it or something, which is yeah. A lot you know, of last week we did an episode on the Philippines where they have ninety-seven candidates for office, 
And Very I read cool. that you have 98 right now in Libya. Yeah. So you beat them. We, we, we went up one notch. Fuck yeah. And between <laughs> 2014 or 2011, I guess, until now, it's just kind of been... Very, no one's been in control of the whole country, right? Like there's one, is it no. the West controls a third and then uh, the two thirds are by there's different mili- militia groups and they're all backed exactly. by different foreign governments. Like Turkey backs somebody exactly. in France, another person. Yeah. General Haftar, I believe, he owns like the east of the country, yeah. right? And he's, yep, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So now they're basically, you know, they're hoping that they would get a president that would just like, you know, represent everyone and everyone will like fall under because uh, like you know because like everyone is trying to get to become the president like the even like the people who are controlling on both sides are also enrolling themselves and then you have like other people who are just like you know regular citizens who uh, think they're qualified uh, and you, you have Gaddafi's son as well which is I was gonna say a Gaddafi's yeah. son center just like the Philippines oh, really? we have a, a, another son? dictator kid yeah if he saw yeah, his dad is... get beat in the street by the people till 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 <laughs> death what does he think? It takes some balls. Everyone thinks they're better than their dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean. The thing is, like, he wasn't even better than his dad. Like, most of the people who were killed were like ordered by him, and so I'm just like, and he was in jail for the past seven, eight years, and he got released by the Libyan government, but he's still like wanted by the Interpol and like the you know like the international like oh whatever God. police or whatever that is. Uh, so I'm like, I don't know. Good luck becoming the Could president. Could he win? I like, mean, they, they, like, they still haven't voted yet, yeah. but and it's just funny to me right? because I'm like, good luck leaving the country when like becoming the president when you can't even leave the country. Like, what's the uh, right? Usually, you commit the crimes once you're president, exactly. then, you, then you're president. But he's like committed the crimes already before president. Yeah, they're exactly. gonna arrest him well, at like yeah. a G12 summit or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I mean. Will people vote for him? I mean, people, some people will. Some people like some. Some people are like want the uh, the Gaddafi regime back. So right. they're fine. Yeah, will be the trains ran on time, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, and you have like you know like people like who, because you know like the revolution happened in like what twenty eleven, so you have people who are like what, ten years old at the time. Right, they forgot. Very they young. Know. Now they're twenty years old, twenty one. And that's all they knew, like how bad things are after Gaddafi. Yes. And now they're voting and they're like, they're it seems like it. Exactly. Yeah, they like, good old days. I'm like, whatever. It's like Reagan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, whatever reality that is not this, we're fine with. We'll just go with that. Yeah. Because they never really, they were not really adults during Gaddafi. They don't know how bad he is. Yeah. They just they just know this version of the country. So what was it like under Gaddafi when you're like in school? Was education specific? Were they like you already said you weren't allowed. You wouldn't talk about you would have thoughts in your mind that you wouldn't say in public. Yeah. Would you say him with friends and family, but nope. not in the street you know, or literally no nothing? Yeah, I, I don't even say them to my mom and dad. It was just like, we never talk about it. Wow. Just yeah. Knew. Just like something there just like right here and. Even if I want to talk to my dad about it, he's just like, nope, we're not going to do that. Wow. So like, that that controlled. Yeah, exactly. Because like you never, it's just like people are like so paranoid. You literally never know who's who's listening. And anyone can be uh, like a, an undercover government agent. And there were so many of them. They were like teachers. They were taxi drivers. They were uh, everywhere. And you work with someone for like so long and then you realize they, they work for the government. Ugh. 
so you just you know you just have to keep it between yourself and your your thoughts and that's it and then you kind of like you know you just forget about him you know like you just keep going and you're like uh, it is what it is as long as we don't talk about him i'll be fine and what did uh, your family it. do uh well i just like before we get to that just in this i read that he had his version of the cia i forget what they were called but what's the libyan um anyway he would he yeah would, he would put them out in across europe to go find dissidents who had escaped Libya and go like kill them or bring them back and put them in prison. Yep. I mean, they, they did, do, they did do that. I mean, like they, I remember they literally shot people from the, like the, the roof of the Libyan embassy in like uh, the, in the UK or something. They, you know, they would like track people down outside of Libya. And again, this is like, you know, could have been stopped by whatever country they were in but yeah. you know they let Gaddafi do whatever Gaddafi wanted so uh so people are like even like when people like left the country they were not safe from him so imagine being inside and you're like you can't even uh you can't even talk about him on the phone because the uh unlike you know unlike other places the government lets you know in Libya that they're actually listening to you and there's nothing you can do oh. about it yeah any WikiLeaks for that? You knew that already. Absolutely not. Like, say that's one thing I respected about them. They were like, "We are corrupt, and we were just like fuck you, and we're listening to your phone calls, uh, and what are you gonna do about it? Nothing." I mean, I'm still blown away that people were surprised when all that, like, the, the government reads our emails when that stuff came out. I mean, obviously yeah. they did. Oh, yeah. I never thought they didn't. I just assumed everyone also assumed what I did was that the government reads your emails. And all these people were like aghast and clutching their pearls that Obama's reading your emails. It's like, <laughs> Obama's not his person. I mean, oh, you know what I mean? His government, not- our, our government. They're like, they wouldn't do that There's to me. It's like, emails, what part though. of the history yeah. of our US government tells you that they would not do everything they can? Exactly. Them? Yeah. I was just like, I just remember being like, my emails are, have nothing on them. So, have at them. They can read as much as they want. <laughs> yeah. Someone should have told John Gruden that. No. Yeah. Well, but, uh, so, and then what did, so, but you were allowed, like living life under Gaddafi, private business, was private business allowed or did almost everybody work for the government? How'd that work? We're like 75% of the people work for the government or something. Yeah. Like so many people work for the government. And when, when you say work for the government, basically they didn't have jobs. They just got paid by the government pretending to, to do whatever uh and to be spies basically or to exactly yeah exactly but you have private businesses as well and like that was you know that was that was allowed uh it's just you know you just everything has to be like through them first like you can't just come up with something that you want to do by yourself once it's approved by them then you're then you're fine uh but other than that you can't just you know be like this is what i do now that doesn't work and how did you learn english well, I mean, there was uh, I there were schools that taught English as a second language in Libya, and uh, you know, like private schools that were just like did that. And I just I remember like my family enrolled me in one when I was like seven. This uh, is like an actual school that you go to all day, or like an after school program type thing. Yeah, an after school program. So it was like you know two hours a day, three hours a day, or so. So you were just interested in English, and then yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like you know like learning growing up, I consumed so much like us media and stuff like that uh and i i mean i don't remember a, t- a time in my life when i did not speak english so it's wow. just you know something i feel like i grew up with the actual useful after school program 
exactly <laughs> unlike what they do nowadays my kids learning chinese by zoom right now very oh sure really well. well who knows it Oh, <laughs> Teddy. Know he did that. Yeah. Not after school though, no. But they do the after well, school programs. You never know. Yeah. Karate might be useful in the future. Yeah. That's uh, he does yeah, karate, hockey. Yeah, we'll see. What's useful. None of them will be as useful as your English has gotten you in life. But so. <laughs> exactly. Has anything improved though at all? All these things you're describing in the past or they're actually getting worse. Like the as far as like people like the government listening oh, in yeah. and all this. Uh, it's not it's not it's not happening. But only because they don't have the technology anymore. Oh. Uh, you know, and there's like, and who's gonna do it? You know, like have these different groups and stuff like that. No one has to, like, you know. Uh, I I don't think that's gonna happen in the future again. It's just like, cause like again, uh, these systems were helpful when social media was not a thing. But like now with social media, you can't control that. Like you literally cannot yeah. know who's who, and like who's 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 talking on the phone and saying stuff right only you. boomers you're just listening to boomers <laughs> and they're calling their kids <laughs> and her exactly like, yeah That's and then we have like you know like telegram whatsapp and all of that like right. encrypted stuff the government can't really like access them so i don't think that level of like you know uh surveillance will come back again mm. bygone uh, era yeah yeah exactly <laughs> crazy well thank you so much for doing the podcast man um oh wait so now of course, man. you're in when did you do conan uh i did that in 2019 so cool so uh, we didn't even get into yeah. how you started comedy yeah you started comedy in, in america in right Portland. you didn't even yeah. i did yeah in the middle did, of all yeah. this you started going to open mics like you needed more torture <laughs> it's an asylum asylum uh, seekers are allowed to open mic nights that's because exactly not paid, I, so. I i was like i i need to suffer more this is uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which was worse, being shot at or? <laughs> I honestly would say open, open mics, uh, yeah. you know, because at least that I knew how to navigate and survive. Open mics, you're like, whoa, this is a whole new territory. Like, I did not know I could be hurt that bad on the inside. <laughs> when they turn the, the worst is when you, you know, you're doing poorly when you're like doing an open mic at a bar and they turn the TVs up. <laughs> oh my god so they, we're listening, like, watching the civil war game yeah they're watching a football game and they like turn it up so they can hear the, the game over you truly truly yeah you get hurt in like new ways you did not do even existed <laughs> and then you came to new york what, right before off. the pandemic i did yeah i september 2019 so i had like a good six months oh, okay of, uh, mm. You, know, you got to New experience York. New York for six months. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and then I was, days. and then I was stuck in, and I was like, "Very cool. This is this is how you experience the city from the inside the the walls of your apartment." Oh man, crazy. Mm. Well, thanks, yeah, man. Know. We'll see you around uh, and at the clubs in New York and stuff. I'm all around. I've been I've been Thank gone you, for man. three Appreciate months, it. but I'm around now, so I'm sure I'll run into you um, sometime Great. soon. Uh, Mahadad, uh, Mahadad, sorry, uh, El Shiki. Thanks for doing it, Kaplan. Yeah, that this is, is it. What should we do? Uh, we should. I think it's time we get lost. Get lost. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, 
innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.